Welcome to episode 90, 90, 90, 90, 90 of Killer Hangover. My name is Beth. And I'm Bettina. And this week we will be covering true crime and paranormal stories from Canada. Canada. We always try to venture out of the United States for every 10th episode, which we should probably look into the, doing that a little bit more because there's some, some stories out there. Holy smokes, yes, there are. We didn't venture too far this time. but No, we didn't. So, good old Canada. I have the true crime this week, and Mom has the paranormal and the beverage. The beverage. And luckily, there is actually a national drink for Canada. A national drink for the country. Yes. That's really cool. Now, Canadians that are listening to us, if I am incorrect, please let me know. But according to the Google, the Google, (laughs) that is what it says. And it's a Caesar cocktail, they call it. It's a Bloody Mary, basically, but it's with their ingredients. Clemento juice. What is Clemento juice? What is Clemento juice, pray tell? (laughs) Pray tell. (laughs) It is tomato juice clam broth and some seasonings okay it sounds different but i think you're going to enjoy this drink i took a little sip of it because you know i had to i had sure. to <laughs> you had to and it just tastes a little fresher than a bloody mary i would say but that's my opinion you want to try it yes all right cheers mama cheers that is super tasty. You're Good, right. Huh? It is definitely, it's really fresh. Yeah. What's in that? Is that vodka? Yes, it is vodka. Yes. Here are the ingredients. One and a half ounces of vodka, a half an ounce of lime juice, four dashes of Worcester sauce, mm. three dashes of Tabasco sauce, three dashes of, okay, now here's where the German and American come in, or German and English. I think in English. English, you call it Maggie. What do you call it? I don't know. It's M- I don't know because I've always called it Muggy. <laughs> yeah. It's M-A-G-G-I. Um, I was raised on it in Germany and we always call it Muggy. But it's spelt M-A-G-G. Yeah, you just spelt it. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. <laughs> She's just taken one sip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's spelt M-A-G-G-I, which like looks like Maggie. Yeah. So I think think that's what it's called in English but we're gonna call it muggy because that's what we've always called it <laughs> a pinch of salt a pinch of pepper a half a cup I like these measurements though pinch a pinch and a dash <laughs> have you, have you dash? ever tried to dash Tabasco sauce I mean the hole is really small so you can't just like dash you've got to hold the bottle upside down and kind of whack it <laughs> so I don't know how many how many drops actually went into it. So is it, it is a drop a dash? Is a dash a drop? In this case, it is. <laughs> I didn't know what else to do. <laughs> These measurements are very literal. I mean, right on the point. Uh-huh. <laughs> a half a cup Clemento juice. Oh, there's a measurement. I and know. you can find this in with all the juices. It will not be by the tomato juice. 
Interesting. Maybe because people will confuse it or I don't know if there's not tomato juice. They'll be like, oh, what's this substitute? But I, I went try. to the tomato juice. I mean, the juice aisle and I was looking at tomato juice. And I was like, oh, darn, I can't make the drink now. And then I walked down a little bit further and there it was. Behold. Interesting. Uh, One cup of ice. I did not put that much in because neither you or I like a lot of ice. No, we do not. And a tablespoon celery salt or homemade paprika salt or pepper salt. And that is for the rim. Sorry, I did not. No garnish here. (laughs) Now you can you can garnish with so many different things. Oh, by the way. Yes. I have to tell you that it's only 135 calories. That's not bad. No. And I'm sure we're getting some, you know, vitamins from the Clemento juice. Totally. Right? Vegetables. Yep. Oysters. We're drinking (laughs) our vegetables. Uh, Oyster broth. I mean, that is like. And those dashes and pinches, man. That's what makes this cocktail for sure. Hey, it, it has a lot of vitamin A in it, a lot of vitamin C in it. Yeah, and calcium, and iron. And vodka. (laughs) Oh, it has a heck of a lot of sodium, though, too. So we're going to just keep scrolling. (laughs) It has a lot of sodium. Okay, I'm just saying, if you have high blood pressure, don't drink this. It was too good to be true. You can garnish this with skewers Ooh, of... Maggie is just basic salty seasoning. <laughs> That's all it is. Yeah. And then you add it. Muggy Maggie. And then you add a pinch of salt on top of that. And there's probably salt. And then salt. they ask for salt on the rim. And there's probably <laughs> salt in the Clemento also. So it's like, yeah. Let's just say it's over a thousand. Oh, boy. Yeah. But it tastes really <laughs> good. <laughs> so you can garnish this with skewers of pickles and green olives. Ah, more salt. <laughs> Cooked bacon slices, mini bagel. No sodium and bacon. We're good there. Prawns, shrimp, or scallops. French fries. Ew. <laughs> I could dip a French fry in here. Maybe that'd be kind of No, weird. it wouldn't. It gets soggy. Pepperoni sticks. Well, soggy French fries. Pepperoni sticks. They don't have any sodium. No, Cheese not. cubes. Okay, uh, now this is just like... <laughs> Floating things in there. What is the cooked? It's not a bowl of ketchup. Green what beans. Deviled eggs. Deviled eggs. Deviled Man, eggs. It's like a salad. Lobster claw. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anything pickled. What site is this, Mom? It's the like... salty. I'm not done yet. A mini grilled cheese triangle. Oh my gosh i would just like my cocktail please <laughs> garlic bread knot is this like an entire meal <laughs> <In the class? laughs> well look at the picture oh <laughs> i think they included one of everything that i just read one of everything to. on the salad bar oh my I gosh read to you oh it's a smorgasbord in that class <laughs> that does not look appetizing <laughs> I'm sorry, Canadian. So this picture. Uh, wow. I, I don't I'm know. It might be kind of good. I was trying to find out. Oh, xoxobella.com. Okay. Well, thank you. The smorgasbord of this cocktail. We kept it simple. There's not a single garnish. <laughs> 
And light ice. <laughs> and I didn't make any substitutes. So there we go. That was a first time for everything. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> she almost tried to substitute with some kind of a steak seasoning. And I said, I got muggy. We're good. Uh, that's kind of hard to find. I couldn't find it. All right. Well, it's very tasty. Well, I'm going to sit back and drink this. Free. Enjoy those laughs now because here's a true crime story. All right. I have a wild ride of a story for you this week. All right. A wild, wild ride. I'll buckle my seatbelt. <laughs> this is another case that bothered me when I Googled details of it. Do you remember how when I covered um, the clutter murders in Kansas? Yes. How when you Google clutter family murders or the clutter family to learn about the clutter family uh, the main thing that would come up is details of the, the killers, killers and of the book and not very much about the yeah what was the book what was the book in cold blood by truman capote or truman capote <laughs> gosh <sighs> get your laughs out now because the story okay. is gonna get Pretty sad. Pretty dark, huh? Okay. It's pretty similar with this case because this case was all over the media, all over the internet. The killer was all over the internet. I mean, they even made a Netflix documentary about this case and the killer. But what about the victim? We listen to these stories and we watch these shows and sometimes we forget that like this was a murder. And these were real people. So I just want to remind you all of this with this case. This killer was seriously the most vain human being I have ever I, I could ever even imagine it's disgusting mm. I want to share this story because it's really interesting but so because he was so vain I really I wanted to tell this story but it's hard because I don't want to give him any more attention than what he deserves if that makes sense and what he already has okay so I'm going to start this story with the victim his name was June Lin he was an international student from China who came to Montreal, Canada to study engineering in 2010. He also studied computer science, all at Concordia University. He was incredibly hardworking in all of his schooling. He was also responsible, holding a part-time job on top of his schooling. He also took French lessons. Wow. His friends described him as reliable, positive, and genuine. He was gay, but not quite openly gay. This is why he okay. liked Canada, because he said it was more of an accepting place. Mm -hmm. He had close friends and a cat who he loved very dearly. The cat would be the reason his friend would call the police. He hadn't heard from Junlin in a while. He got into his apartment by the superintendent of the building and discovered the cat struggling. It hadn't been fed in a few days. Mm. This beloved cat was the red flag for them to call the police. Right. This story is a roller coaster, and I will get back to June Lin later on. But another thing I want to mention here is cats. You all know my love of cats, but this story gets really graphic when it comes to animals, especially cats. So I just want to warn you, trigger warning, it's not a pretty picture. So if you want to skip ahead to mom's paranormal portion, I totally understand. This story is really graphic, kind of stomach churning. Mom, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to bear through it. I want to fast forward. <laughs> I got a lot of information for this episode from the Netflix docuseries, Don't 
excuse my language, fuck with cats. If you hadn't yep, seen that's it, the name of it, fair warning. I have some spoilers in here, obviously. Uh, if you haven't seen it, you need to watch it. Like it's, they did a really good job with this. I think. I'm going to begin this week's true crime story in 2010, and Deanna Thompson, who had just gone through a terrible breakup with her boyfriend, she worked as a data analysis for a casino in Las Vegas. And she even went as far as calling herself a computer nerd. So in December 2010, she's suffering through this breakup and she decides to escape online. Now, online, she had this alter ego. She went by Mm -hmm. the name Body Movin'. Uh, It was a name from a song by the Beastie Boys. Quote, I can be anyone I want online, she told the Netflix show. She's digging around online and she's on Facebook and she sees this video. Okay, so... Here we go. It's going to get graphic. I'm so, 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 so sorry. (sighs) Okay. The video is titled One Boy, Two Kittens. No, 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 no. She believes she's going to be watching this cute video with kittens and clicks on it. Okay. So like a Band-Aid, I'm just going to tear it off. The video has Christmas music playing and shows this boy in this teal green like sweatshirt with like frizzy bangs sticking out from under the hood. He's loving on these kittens, playing with them. And then he puts them in a vacuum seal bag and suffocates them by sucking out all the air in the bag. She's like, what the heck did I just watch? Like, no kidding. Oh, my God. This is on the Internet. I have to call somebody. But who do you call? Who do you call? This person's a mystery. This guy. And I know I called him a boy, but he's like a he's a guy and he's like smaller built he's a very petite male and like okay. his face isn't seen you don't know who he is you this is online so you can't it's been posted by so many people now you don't know who it originated from and you don't even know where he is anywhere in the world so who do you call she starts looking around on facebook and finds this group find the kitten vacuumer it was a group looking for justice for these these poor baby kittens. So this group literally takes this video frame by frame and is analyzing this video. Mm-hmm. Beyond the crime, they're looking at the doors, the door handles. Mm-hmm. They're Googling and looking into all of this, the wall sockets. They even make a diagram of the floor plan of the room. So wow. the video okay. is only really basically showing a bed and you can see the bedspread and then it happens on the bed. But that's like really all you can kind of see. But they form this floor plan of it. And I mean, they even Google the bedspread because it had this wolf on it. It was a pretty unique bedspread. Uh huh. And they found the exact bedspread sold on eBay from a seller in Kansas but you can't see who bought it so it's like oh my gosh yeah but they did all of this digging and they're kind of under the assumption they assume that it was in at least in North America from what they could see in the video okay now there are voices in the background with a certain dialect so somebody in the group researches into this dialect and they figure out that it's Russian they can't make out what they're saying But is he alone in the room now? Like, it sounds like there's two other people talking Russian in the background. Background somewhere. Okay. But the voices will all of a sudden, like, in the video, they just, like, stop. And so they have the assumption then that 
and after all the digging, they realize that these voices are actually from a sitcom, like a show. And it oh. had been recorded and stopped. So it's oh. almost like, is this guy playing them? Yeah. Yeah. Trying to trick up like where he is, like a breadcrumb. So this group is going crazy and they're chatting about like, we have to find this guy. And they're commenting on the video, underneath the video, mm -hmm. we, we have to find him. I'm seeing this. I'm seeing that. Do you see this? I think he's in North America. And all of a sudden, there is another comment from a You Only Wish 500 that says, all haters can suck my huge dick, LOL. Wow. So this guy wow. is playing he's totally games. He's screwing with them. This guy yeah. is an absolute manipulative monster. Over time, two more cat videos are posted. Uh, mm. It's in the same room. It's the same guy. I'm not going to go into detail about these Thank you. horrible videos. Thank you. It's very disturbing. They do play bits of these videos on the Don't Fuck With Cats show on Netflix. So just be warned. They don't show the actual, but they show enough of the video. It's very disturbing. Again, everything in these videos has meaning, though. There's more breadcrumbs from the songs that are playing to just you know, everything has a meaning but just like the other video this facebook group goes on their scavenger hunt and they're breaking it up bit by bit frame by frame and looking into this video on one of the videos they see a pack of cigarettes on the bed and apparently cigarettes are different all over the world like the fonts and the skinny how tall like like mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff i don't smoke so i don't know but there is uh, a surgeon general's warning on the box Okay. So basically, they are for sure now that this guy is in North America. Because it's in English. Yes. And just the way the box is and the brand is and how there's a Surgeon General's warning on it. They know that he's in North America. Okay. So this group grows to like 100,000 people. <laughs> <gasps> oh, my gosh. And yes, that's good that all these people want to do something to stop this monster. But do they all want to do something to stop this monster? There starts to be comments in this group by people that the original computer nerds, that's what we're just going to call them, that started okay. this group, we'll call them the computer right. nerds, they start to suspect that some of these comments are from the guy in the video. They suspect that there are several fake accounts being used by this guy. Oh, yeah, sure. And that he's in the group. One commenter that went by this incredibly juvenile name, I'm not even going to repeat it. Again, I'm not giving this guy any clout. Quote, I step on kittens and make videos of it. Unquote. Oh, oh. This comment came from a profile with a profile picture looking very similar to the guy in the video. The profile picture is this guy with kind of wispy, frizzy-like bangs uh -huh. with a Santa hat on. And it kind of plays into one of the kitten videos because before he kills the kittens, he's playing with the kittens with a Santa hat. Okay. So it's all, it's just even more disturbing, but it all kind of like ties in. Mm -hmm. But they just kind of like, I mean, these computer nerds, and I'm putting air quotes around that, um, <laughs> you know, they're making all these files on their computer. Like they're taking this very seriously and trying to track who this person is. And if there's a comment, kind of like the I step on kittens comment, right? they're putting that profile like in one of their files like this is probably a fake account this is probably that guy and so they have like all these lists of aliases and i mean it's wow yes they take it very seriously and they know what they're doing yes that's why we're gonna call <laughs> them computer nerds 
<laughs> I would not even have an idea. Okay. So the ori- the original computer nerds in the group decide to make a separate group. The, the other one had just gotten way too big and they can't trust everybody in it. So they decide to make a smaller group. Uh, they want to catch this guy. So who is he? Where is he? Out of nowhere, a group member receives a message from a fake account. The person you are looking for is Luca Rocco Magnata. Okay. They search this name and there are like hundreds of results. He's some kind of male model. There's slideshows on YouTube of this guy like posing all over. He's some jet setter all over the world. And there's like these fan sites that come up for him. This guy had fans with all these really flattering comments. There was an audition tape for a Canadian reality show called Cover Guy. And although he comes across incredibly vain in this clip, <laughs> it's ridiculous, but he, he seems like a normal dude. Like he's auditioning for a reality show. Like he's maybe coming up with some persona. Like he seems really normal. Okay. So like, what the heck? This can't be the guy that's in these videos. That doesn't make any sense. But like body moving, Deanna Thompson, you can be anyone you want to be online. Right. This human is a little ridiculous. His name is Luca Rocco Magnata, and I'm going to share a little bit about him. He was born Eric Clinton Kirk Newman in 1982 in a small suburb of Ontario, Canada. He has two siblings, and apparently his mom homeschooled all three children. A lot of shows and podcasts I listened to made it seem like she was some like diehard person who wanted to keep her children out of society. That's why she homeschooled them. But after all of this went down, she ended up co-authoring a book and her story is totally different. Again, I don't know who's, you know, what's right here. What to believe. But she claims it was a normal homeschooling situation. She just wanted to homeschool her kids. Gotcha. Luca's father, she claims, was abusive and, and she doesn't go into too much detail in the book about Luca's dad being diagnosed with schizophrenia but it is mentioned Mm -hmm. but Luca will claim that his father was not diagnosed with schizophrenia I don't know these two are all over the board his parents got divorced when he was 10 his new stepfather was also apparently abusive according to his mother Uh, he moved in with his grandparents when he was 16 he was the favorite to his grandmother she really favored him and he lived with her for a lot of his life growing up But she was also very sheltering. She rose him with the saying, the world is a dirty and dangerous place. And she would tell him a lot. And I think that's really ironic since later on, he would be the danger and dirtiness in the world. Right. He did attend a public high school for two years where he was bullied. He was bullied mostly for being very feminine. Uh, He really cared about his appearance and his hair. and, And he was really bullied, which is never right at all he really kept himself he was just a little bit different over time he claimed to hear voices and his dad actually had him taken to a mental institution for this again luca now will say he doesn't have any mental illness never had any mental illness but there are records of him in a mental institution he was diagnosed with schizophrenia and at 18 he's put on medication for that okay okay In 2005, he was charged with fraud and impersonation. So apparently he convinced this handicapped 21-year-old girl who had a mental capability of a young 
young girl. Mm-hmm. He convinced her to open several credit cards and ran up debt. I also read that he sexually assaulted her as well. Oh, jeez. Now, in the book that his mother comes out with, she claims that he was, like, pushed to do this by, he was influenced by two other males in his life. Uh, of course. Uh, I, I don't know. I just wanted to put that out there. Mm-hmm. So, I guess he tries the whole modeling thing, but I can't find any record of him actually modeling besides pictures that he takes himself. He loves movies, like he loves movies, and he uses the classics like James Dean and Humphrey Bogart to like mix up his looks of the pictures that he took. Okay. He then gets into stripping and also then starts to work as an escort. Oh. He also was in a few Canadian pornos. Oh. So I don't know if that's the modeling he... Okay. I, I don't know. And he gets into a rougher crowd with the escorting. He did that for a while. Apparently, he was even hospitalized by who he claimed was a man named Manny, Manuel Vasquez. He was a man who Luca was very afraid of at the time. He even went to an attorney, which on the Netflix show, this attorney was like so complimented. I guess when Luca came into his office, he was like, wow, you look a lot like Michael Douglas. And the attorney... (laughs) I think the attorney really liked that. But anyway, he's telling this attorney that he's afraid of Manny and he didn't really know what to do. I guess Manny was a client of Luca's, like an escorting client of Luca's for a, right. for a time. And, and he was very afraid of this Manny guy. But he was hospitalized by this Manny guy. There's like pictures that this attorney has of Luca all beat up, like black eye, busted lip. So he has a reason to be afraid of him. He has already been basically assaulted by him correct okay so now we're gonna jump back that's a little bit about luca magnata he changed his name to luca rocco magnata for his modeling career (laughs) for his porno (laughs) i think he went by jimmy in his pornos so i oh okay (laughs) mom i'm trying my best to stay on the straight and narrow with this but this guy was all over the place because it's so hard because you see these pictures online of him doing the jet setter life of all over the world. There's pictures of him in Rome in in Canada, but there's there, Paris and I mean, just all over the world. And then you see where he was living. And I guess he was on government assistance because of his mental illness to go okay. to school. So you see him in these pictures jet setting everywhere because I guess some right. of his escorting clients would take in there. But then he was also oh. living this other life. So it's like, what is the reality? And then on the Don't Fuck With Cats show, one of the people that's in that, one of the computer nerds says that some of these pictures were photoshopped, that this wasn't a real photo of him. He put his face on it. So oh my, he gosh. was jet setting, but all these pictures were not necessarily real. Like it's him. Oh my gosh, mom. It's crazy. If y'all are confused. <laughs> You should be because nobody really understands this guy. And I don't know where the truth actually lies. But we're going to fast forward to back to the computer nerds in 2011. They are looking at Luca now as the potential suspect in the kitten videos because they analyzed those photos. They saw they were photoshopped. They're starting to see a pattern in some of these fake accounts and his blogs that he's writing the way he writes some are very similar to some of these comments that he was writing so 
they've okay. started to narrow down assuming that it is him in the kitten videos. Good. Keep in mind, they don't know anything about him as a person. Like everything I just shared with you about him, they don't know that. They just know there's this creep out there named Luca Magnata who's claiming he's a male model who's probably the guy in this kitten videos. Oof. I mean, all those fan sites were made by Luca. <laughs> oh my gosh. All the guy. All the fan comments were made by Luca. He would get into like arguments with himself from different <laughs> fake accounts. Oh my gosh. Luca Magnata was his biggest fan. He was his <laughs> own biggest fan. He was his only fan. Just praising himself on all these fake fan accounts. Oh my gosh. In 2007, the Toronto Sun basically is a tabloid news source. They get a phone call from a frantic Luca. He is claiming, and he is just so distraught, that people are spreading rumors of him online that he's been linked and dating Carla Homolka. And in case you don't know who she is, she is a Canadian killer. She and her husband were arrested for the murder and rape of three young girls. She was given a plea deal to serve only 12 years if she turned her husband in. Oh, my gosh. Listen to this, though. Because she, she was claiming she was a victim of her husband. And so yeah, she took this yeah, plea deal. Yeah. After she took this plea deal, video actually surfaced that showed that she led the killings and the rapes. Oh, my gosh. And she only got 12 years. Yep. So as you can imagine, she's a very hated human being. And Luca's frantic to this Toronto son because he's claiming that people are linking him to her dating okay. and he said that it's ruining his modeling career and his acting career <laughs> i'm sorry as you've probably already guessed this was luca spreading these rumors online <laughs> oh my gosh i'm sorry this guy has a mental illness i shouldn't laugh he's sick but mom it's bizarre it's absolutely bizarre all right Back to the computer nerds in 2011. These people are just incredible to me. They've narrowed it down that they believe it's Luca. And it's just scary how much they were able to dig up from the photos that Luca has posted online. And his, like, he had, there's a, there was a YouTube video of, like, a montage of just pictures of Luca. And he had made this YouTube video himself. <laughs> of him modeling. <laughs> modeling. Put those air quotes out there. And again, a lot of these were photoshopped heads on a lot of these. So he's plastering his head on like somebody else's body. Yeah. Like there's even this posting that was made that said he got married to a girl in Russia and it's him with this bride and this huge wedding party. But these computer nerds like found the original picture <laughs> and it's not Luca. Oh my gosh. His, he had photoshopped his face onto the groom. Oh my gosh. Now, but here's the thing some of these photos are real. So that's where you lose this line of what is fact. Was he really a jet setter? Or maybe he was for a little bit and then he wasn't and then he was and then he photoshopped this one, but this one's real. And mom, I don't. Well, 
like you said, I mean, if he was an escort, I'm sure that his clients were rich and took him to some places, right? Right. I mean, how else could he? Because he's getting government assistance. Exactly. So there's this, it's just a very blurred line of what is fact with Luca Magnata. Back to the computer nerds, 2011. They're incredible to me. It's scary how much they dig up from these photos, just photos that Luca posted online. They dig and they dig and they find this one photo in particular and they're very interested because the trees in the background are starting to bud, meaning that it was spring in the photos and it was Mm -hmm. spring when they found this posted photo. So they knew it had to have been recent Recent. and it had not been doctored. And the other thing they noticed from the photo is the traffic lights in the background. They were really unique. So they Google what traffic look traffic lights look like all over the world and oh my gosh narrow it down to Montreal. Wow, these guys were on a mission. Oh. They then literally virtually start walking down the streets of Montreal on Google Maps trying to find this stone staircase that he was sitting on in the picture with the trees with the buds on it. Oh my goodness. They're walking, walking, walking. Boom. They find it near the college in Montreal. So they know that that spring, you know, recently, he's in Montreal. So the local authorities are called. I mean, at this point, the computer nerds are scared. Not just for any future potential kitten victims, but usually in these scenarios, as you and I have both learned, the killer moves on to other things. It escalates, right? It escalates. And... This group is taking it very seriously. Now, at this time, a British journalist from The Sun, his name was Alex West. He receives a message from another fake account. And the author of the message states that the person you're looking for, because this is all over, like that these kitten videos are out there. And this message states, the person that you're looking for is in London. Luca Magnata is at an inn out there. So... And that's where Alex West is. He's a journalist in London. And so he tries to go and speak with Luca. So my assumption is that Luca was in London with an escort. Mm -hmm. And then regardless, this fake account, which we all know is probably Luca, emails Alex West saying, Luca, the guy in the kitten videos, is at an inn near you. You want to go interview him. So Alex West tries to go and speak with Luca, who, of course, claims that he's being framed and doesn't want to speak to the press. Blah, 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 blah. Even though it was probably him who said that. Again, this is all just a calculated press stunt. Like, look at me scenario. The press just they just won't leave me alone. (laughs) But soon after this encounter, Alex West receives an email from another fake account. Quote. It's so fun watching people gathering all the evidence and then not being able to name me or catch me. You see, I always win. I always hold the trump card and I will continue to make more movies. Next time you hear from me, it will be in a movie I'm producing that will have some humans, not just pussies, unquote. Oh, no. Oh, no. And soon this movie video surfaces. The video was named One Lunatic, One Ice Pick. The video shows a man tied up by white cords to a bed. Centered in the wall above his head is a movie poster for Casablanca. You can't see the victim or the suspect's face, but the suspect is caressing and I guess you could say loving on the man tied up 
much like the suspect did in the kitten videos. With the kittens. The camera angle changes and aggressive stabbing begins. Just stabbing, 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 stabbing. The tool looks to be an ice pick. Later in this video, okay, Band-Aid. A puppy is introduced. I guess the video shows cannibalism as well as some terrible things with the puppy, as you can imagine. Done. Okay. Analyzing this video that was brought to their attention, the computer nerds can only assume that the suspect is Luca. So quick, you know, just think about the internet. It's this huge, 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 huge place. You have these kitten videos out there, and now you have this video out there, not posted from the same source. So connecting the two would only, you know, it's just because it's done similarly. If these computer nerds weren't looking into the kitten killer videos and really analyzing that video, this video would have no connection to it. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. They were just called to it because it was so similarly done than the kitten videos. Mm -hmm. So they know this has to be Luca. But again, they've already called authorities on Luca. They've not pinpointed his exact location. And what are authorities going to do? You know, slap his hand. He's not going to admit to killing kittens. There's no proof. So now they have a video of a murder and they, the computer nerds, think this has got to be Luca. Alex West is in London. Body Movin' is in Las Vegas. Some other computer nerds, you know, they're in L.A. They're all over the world. They had him pinpointed in Canada, but that's all they got. On Tuesday morning in May, the janitor of 5720 Carey in Montreal, Canada, is taking out the garbage. He notices a gray suitcase with a stench and maggots. He calls the authorities who discover a human torso in the suitcase. Oh, my God. In the other trash bags around the suitcase, they discover other items like a yellow shirt, a bottle of wine, a dead puppy, a blanket stained with blood, a Casablanca poster, a screwdriver painted silver, and body parts. So the police are discovering these things. And keep in mind, this killing video is just internet hullabaloo at this time. They're not making a connection to this video. Again, they don't know that this video even happened in Canada. So just us as the listeners know that, okay? (laughs) Oh, okay. You're the only ones privy to this information at this point. (laughs) As we know, the victim is Jun Lin. But police did not know this because all they had was a torso. They didn't even know who the suspect was. But okay, where is he? The couple had met on Craigslist. So Luca and June met on Craigslist. Video surveillance shows June and Luca walking into the apartment building together. uh, But you don't see June Lin leaving. Okay, so they have that. Surveillance also shows Luca taking little bags of trash down to the dumpster. One little bag at a time from about 2 a.m. to 4 a.m., which police conclude are the body power body parts found in the trash bags okay the only body parts not accounted for of the victims because remember they don't know who the victim is yet so the only body parts Mm -hmm. not accounted for are the hands the feet and the head okay yeah the next day a package is delivered to the headquarters of the conservative party in canada a human foot wrapped in pink paper with a note the note says Roses are red, violets are blue, police will need dental file to identify you, bitch. Holy smokes, this guy. The Liberal Party in Canada received a hand from the victim as well. Eventually, from a 
barcode on one of the packages sent. Police track it to a post office and that post office. Okay, so I'm trying to explain this because the name on the package was Kirk Trammell, which later the computer nerds will tell you he used as an alias online. Okay. But they've narrowed it down from the barcode on the package to a post office. So then they watch the post office surveillance and they can identify then the suspect as Luca Rocco Magnata. So now they have him. Oh my gosh. At the apartment complex taking the trash multiple times, which they see as suspicious. They see him walking in with the victim because they didn't know that that was the victim at first, but now they do. And now they have him at delivering this package. So now he, they have him everywhere. They can concur. He is the suspect. But where is he? I just have to mention here in the surveillance footage of Luca, the night he murdered June, he leaves for a while and comes back with a grocery bag. Police assume he may be buying gloves or cleaning supplies or whatever, what have you. But as he's walking back into the building, he stops and literally checks himself out in the mirror in the lobby of the apartment complex. I mean, like physically stops, turns, looks at himself, brushes his hair back. Oh my gosh. It's ridiculous. Now, remember, Luca leaves breadcrumbs in his videos, and the computer Mm. nerds are quickly working. Everything in his video has meaning from the song that he's playing while the murder is taking place, which is actually the same song played in American Psycho. Oh. Hmm, A vain guy who kills people. I don't know. Mm. But he is a movie fanatic, remember? Yes. And Luca probably sees himself in this terrible character. To the way his victim was tied up on the bed, to the Casablanca poster hanging on the wall, like Mm -hmm. everything is a breadcrumb. Mm -hmm. Now, what was the infamous line at the end of the movie Casablanca? Uh, Oh, gosh, I know this. Um, We'll always have Paris. And that's where Luca ran off to. Are you kidding? This becomes a massive search across the globe for this dude. He was a fan of the movies. I mean, it's part of his breadcrumbs in every one of his videos he's making. This group of people are just amazing to me. (laughs) How did they put that? I mean, the Casablanca and and I I, I hate this guy already, but uh, he is he's not stupid. No. He was also a huge fan of the movie Catch Me If You Can. And it's uh-huh. as if he's trying to duplicate that chase. Oh, don't do that. I love that movie. <laughs> so he's in Paris. He checks into a hotel under the name Luca Magnata, but then he never stays there. So he knows what he's doing. He is seen on an ATM. He's cashing out. He's getting cash. And like the computer nerds even find a blog post that he had written like three years prior about how to escape your own identity and it's like first liquidate your assets find a way to change your name you know leave the area like it's like and he's doing all of these steps so right. they see him on an atm he's getting cash he it, now this is all still in paris all still right in paris okay but in the end it will be his own vanity that will get him caught Good. In June of 2012, Luca Magnata was arrested in Berlin at an internet cafe while reading the news about himself. Oh. <laughs> I just find that 
is great. He was flown back to Canada on a Royal Canadian Air Force plane. No airlines wanted any ties to him. So no kidding. The Air Force actually flew him back and he was sent to prison. While being interrogated, Luca looks so meek. He's polite. He's such a petite little guy. Really? Watching the interrogation video, it is so hard to believe that he is a killer. He sits and he claims he just wants to be silent. He won't look at the photo of Jun Lin the detective tries to hand him. He claims he's tired and wants to rest. The detective leaves and Luca just, oh my gosh, mom, he just looks so sad and just so meek. He just looks like a little boy. He then is like looking at the camera in the corner of the room and he's waving his hands. Right. And he says in this like creepy monotone voice, hello, hello, help me, please. I need help. Speaking with the psychiatrist, Luca claims he was under the direction of Manny Vasquez for all of this. I was going to does he, is he claiming multiple personalities here or no? Okay. He was under the direction of Manny Vasquez. Manny directed him to kill the kittens and then dispersed the video on the internet. Manny threatened and abused Luca. I mean, remember he had that hospital fi- picture. Mm-hmm. With that Michael Douglas attorney at the time. Oh, Manny, that's right. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. Okay. And mm-hmm. the psychiatrist sees all of these records from meeting with the Michael Douglas lookalike attorney to the hospital uh, records. Oh, no. These records go back for the last few years and, you know, back up the story that Luca is terrified of Manny Vasquez. But remember what I said Luca loved the movies. And with some more digging, the computer nerds helped the investigators. They're working together now. Oh, follow good. the breadcrumbs to Luca's favorite movie, Basic Instinct. Oh, my God. With Sharon Stone playing Catherine Trammell. Remember his alias on the package? Kirk Trammell? Oh, Kirk Trammell. Yes. Where Catherine Trammell's character ties her lover to a bed with white cords. A stained glass window centers over the headboard, much like the Casablanca poster. And her lover is killed with an ice pick. Ice pick. That's right. The best part. Best part. Who's her lawyer played by? Michael Douglas. Da, da, da. Oh, my gosh. Who was the abusive ex-boyfriend of Catherine Trammell? No, that I don't remember. Manny Vasquez. The exact same name? The exact same name. Oh, my gosh. Luca was starring in his own movie in his head. There was no Manny. Never was. Never was. He beat himself up. Ugh. <laughs> it's hard to believe that it's like, because he met with that Michael Douglas lookalike lawyer years before this killing took place. Was he planning this all along? Like, just, you cannot or wrap that- your head around this guy. No. Luca received a life sentence with no chance of parole. This case was interesting. The show on Netflix was good entertainment. The breadcrumbs were really fun to follow. Luca Magnata is a very interesting monster we just heard about. But I want to again remind you about Jun Lin. Yeah. His head was found in a park. He was described by his father as his, quote, brave son, smart son. Laughing son, caring son, adventurous son, handsome son, 
strong son, popular son. I'm going to end with a quote from his father. Quote, I live each day with regret that all I now see available here will never be his, that his name will only be associated with a horrible, degrading crime. It causes me fresh pain to know that my son's legacy is to be remembered as a victim. Victim. He not only suffered in his murder, but will be humiliated for each time his name is mentioned, and it hurts me deeply and will hurt me forever. Unquote. So... Puts a little bit in perspective. I love doing this true crime podcast. It's very interesting. I hate that like true crime has become a part of entertainment because there is a victim. I just was brutally reminded of that in that quote. So I just, you know, wanted to end it and start it with the real victim. Exactly. The reason why we do this. Yes. Oh my gosh. What a horrible just I don't know if I'm gonna watch it or not I haven't decided <laughs> uh it it's good they did a good job with the don't fuck with cats obviously I got I have many other resources I used for this I didn't just use that show I just kind of followed it a little bit to really talk about those computer nerds because they're not really mentioned in a lot of the research out there and I do think that they really they deserve credit where credit is due they did a lot of hard work they're very impressive in what they did yeah well, they were, I mean, they, they had, they were on a mission. I know. And they succeeded. So that was a lot of twists and turns, y'all. <sighs> Holy smokes. <sighs> Holy smokes. I know. I mean, I saw that on Netflix. I saw the title on Netflix and I was just like, oh, I think you told me to watch it or somebody told me. Yeah, a couple like, years ago, Alex and I watched it and I've been wanting to cover him. I just needed to find the right time oh the whole story is terrible so I'm ready to throw these notes away and (laughs) and uh sit back and listen to a paranormal story please okay I only have one murder in this one so okay (laughs) oh boy all right so I have to be honest when I starting my research I was like the paranormal in Canada (laughs) And of course, I found a few, the most haunted hotels in Canada or the cemetery well, or a hospital. Well, just think if somebody hospital. were to Google hauntings the in the United States. States. I know. <laughs> There's a hospital that turned into asylum that turned into a haunted attraction now. And then I Googled that one more intently and it was just like, it's not haunted. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, okay, forget that. There's two lighthouses that are haunted. So I thought, man, ghosts just don't like going back to Canada. (laughs) I'm sure they do. I'm sure if you've narrowed down to. I actually, it was my scope was too large. (laughs) So I did narrow it down. Ghosts have to be everywhere, mom. Come on. (laughs) So I ended up selecting the Fairmont Empress Hotel in Victoria, BC. Ooh. You've actually been there. So I have? But, mm-hmm. I found the history as well as the mysterious going ons quite interesting. But first, I want to share another fun fact, or I'm not going to say fact, I'm going to say finding having to do with Victoria. According to, quote, the occult secrets of Victoria, a metaphysical source episode on YouTube. 
Victoria has the second largest population of practicing Satanists and witches. Well, that is interesting. That's it very is. interesting. Supposedly, Geneva, Switzerland is first in line. Okay. Add to the fact that the island sits on a rock, a rocks, a rocks, a rocks, <laughs> and is surrounded by salt water, both of which hold energy and can contribute to the hauntings in the area. Okay, okay. Zach. Now we know that because of ghost adventures. Hey, okay, Zach. <laughs> That's why I said, okay, Zach. Can you feel this wall? Touch this wall. <laughs> Supposedly limestone holds a lot, you know. So. Yeah, yeah, anyway. yeah. Now with that intro, you may be wondering why I didn't focus on the satanic practices in the city because I would have definitely, but I couldn't find any <laughs> other sources to back that up. Come on, Canadians, shoot us some more sources. I'd love to cover this. <laughs> That's really fascinating to me. Uh, it is. And we have a is. lot of Canadian listeners, so I hope we're not upsetting you. <laughs> Well, that was just one source that said that, and I didn't find any other sources, and that's why I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to back myself up here. But I did find many sources that repeated the hauntings at the Empress Hotel. The hotel was built between 1904 and 1908, and it opened in 1908. Even in its earlier days, as it is today, it was and is a five-star hotel. The building itself is absolutely beautiful as are the grounds surrounding the property. The hotel's restaurant offers exquisite dining, and the hotel is also known for its afternoon tea experience. Love this that. is a dress-up affair. A variety of teas from all over the world are offered, as are three-tiered serving platters filled with scones and cakes and pastries. You're making me hungry. <laughs> I, I, just, I got online and kind of looked because I wanted to see... I have heard about this tea experience for many years from different people, okay? <laughs> a tea experience. It's $75 a person. So it is a tea experience. That's like the, gosh, I'm drawing a blank. Why am I drawing a blank? That hotel in New York City that's in Home Alone. What is it called? Give me a second. I have to. the uh, the, the Plaza Hotel. I've always wanted to do a tea experience there. They have tea time there. And it's an experience. It's just an experience. And what's fascinating is afternoon tea started in 1908 and continues. That's really neat. So, all right. So I said that you were there. We did not do the tea thing, by the way. But you were there. But you were just a little wee one. Okay. I, don't remember. I was going to say, I don't remember you this. Just, you were very little. And I can't really remember whether Katie was with us as a baby or whether it was before she came along. But we did visit British Columbia with my father and my stepmother, Diane. And we met up with my uncle Roy and his wife, Renee, who live in Canada. So, like I said, we did not indulge in the tea experience, probably because you were too little. <laughs> I'm not worth the $75 tea experience? No, wow. You might have Thanks. ruined everybody's experience. <laughs> you did have your boobs. I probably sometimes. would still. I would probably still ruin everybody's tea experience. And we did wander around the grounds. Now, the Empress Hotel may be beautiful and elegant, but it also holds some guests that hotel staff and personnel do not speak about. And although many hotels are hopping on the ghost tour train, you know, to make extra money, 
the Empress Hotel refuses to do so. Wow. There is, however, one former hotel employee that will talk about the residential spirits. John, because he's a former employee, John Adams. <laughs> Sounds like another fake name. <laughs> no. It, it, he was a president. Like, <laughs> but his name is really John Adams. He's like 71 or in his 70s. He's a historian and a host on the Discover the Past Ghostly Walks in Victoria, which would be really oh, well, cool. That's really cool. Yeah. I love when the guide or the host has a historical knowledge, and not only mm-hmm. the ghost, but then you learn so really much about the history. Yeah. Yeah. That would be cool to go on. John admits that he worked at the hotel when he was a teen, and at the time, he didn't believe in ghosts. John's job was to clean the offices in the hotel. And even though there was no air conditioning, because Canada, we don't need it. (laughs) Because Canada. (laughs) He would often feel cold spots and sometimes would catch the movement of something or someone out of the corner of his eye. When he looked, there was no one there. John is not the only one who has unexplained experiences at the hotel. There are quite a number of reports of three spirits in particular. The first one, Lizzie McGrath worked as a chambermaid in the hotel in 1909. At that time, hotel employees lived at the hotel. That would stink. You can't get away. You can't get away from your job. That would be horrible. And they could like ring you up and say, hey, we need help at, you know, I wonder if they ever got like time off. Yeah. And if you're like a housekeeper, even on your time off, I bet you you're still walking down the hall, picking up trash, like just like still kind of, you never get out of that work. You never get out. Anyway, it was Lizzie's habit to go out on the fire escape outside of her room. Hold on. And she died and she's still there? Like, come on, girl. Go out. Get out. (laughs) There's a whole other world outside the hotel. Poor thing. Okay. (laughs) Her habit was to go on the fire escape outside of her room on the sixth floor to say her rosary before she went to bed. To get out of the hotel. Probably to get out of the hotel. (laughs) Oh. I guess poor Lizzie forgot that there were renovations happening at the hotel. Even though I'm kind of confused on that because even though it just opened a year before (laughs) and now they're doing renovations. But anyway, Lizzie went to step on the fire escape, which wasn't there. Oh, my God. And she fell to her death. Yikes. So her apparition is seen in the spot where she landed, still clutching her rosary beads. She has also been seen in the hallways going into rooms, maybe to continue her job as a chambermaid. I don't know, but she worked there. She lived there. She's still there. (laughs) She died there. She's still there. Poor thing. Poor Lizzie. So my favorite sighting is that of an older woman wandering the hall on the sixth floor as if looking for her room. (laughs) I love that. So me at a hotel. (laughs) I mean, you ask Alex, we walk into any hotel and you know those signs that say like, 503 and 508 or this way and then 59 and 512 or this way I always go the wrong way even if it's the fourth time up there (laughs) I will always go the wrong way I don't know why well I've gotten to taking a picture of my room number on my phone because I can never remember my That's room. That's really smart. Thank you. That is a great idea. Because I can never remember. I'm going to start doing that. I can that. never remember no, my room number. I'm constantly asking, what's our room number? What's our room number? Even when we're charging something to the room, it's like, oh, crap. What's my room number? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
I'll give you my name. You figure out what my room number is. You figure it out. You do it. I mean, Tom's so good with numbers. He always can remember without a problem. And he's like, just remember that it's four and then it's a, you know, whatever. And I'm like looking at him like, (laughs) I can't can't remember the darn number. Okay. I don't, I don't care how many connections you're making for me. So I'm just going to take a picture of the dang thing. That's really smart. I'm going to do that. So this older woman. Next time I stay at a hotel, whenever the hell I do, I'm going to text it to you even. Like, mom, I'm in room 408 so that you remember for me. So like I said, I'm so this older woman walking down the halls. Anyway, the spirit of this older woman may be Margaret, who would spend her winters in Victoria at the Empress Hotel. She would always stay in the same room on the sixth floor. But it, hold on. She always stayed in the same room, but she's wandering looking for her room. <laughs> Again, me. <laughs> if I didn't have my cell phone. I'm sorry. I had to call you out there. That poor woman. She, she did. She always. I'm not alone in this. I'm so happy. <laughs> she always stayed in the same room, yet forgot which room she was in. Yet, even in death, she's wandering looking for it. So Margaret did not succumb to a violent death. Uh, She died of natural causes in her hotel room. Which one? We don't know. (laughs) She didn't either. (laughs) But the manager, thank goodness, did. And he found her deceased. Okay. So good for him. (laughs) It can... Right after they removed her body and kind of cleaned it up, they started renting the room out again. Yeah, that's how they do it. Turn it around. She she was staying in it every year. That was easy money coming yeah, in. They got to fill Margaret it up again. But Margaret did not like that. So, so that. she's wandering the halls looking for her room, but she also haunts her room because she so did once not she finds like it, that she turned like, it over right away. That was yeah. still her room during that time, you know. So she did not like that. So all kinds of strange things started happening. Lights flickering, the faucets turning on and off. You know that. The haunting stuff that happens in hotel rooms. That haunting crap. Yeah, Yeah, I got you. So eventually they couldn't rent out that room anymore. Oh, wow. Now, nowadays, nowadays people would pay big bucks to go into that room. Is it open now? No. But you just don't know which room it was? Because. Oh, oh. It is not open because it no longer exists. The hotel put in an elevator and it was Margaret's oh. old room that was chosen for the location of the elevator. Okay, so this makes sense as to why her ghost is seen wandering the halls. Because her room is gone. It is. It is gone. So she's like, uh, where the heck is my yeah. room? So we were making jokes that she forgot about her room, but she's really looking she for her looking, room. That's She's sad. looking for her room. Now guests staying on the sixth floor have reported knocking on their room door in the middle of the night. Sometimes when they open the door, there's no one there. But other times there's an older woman who seems to be looking for a room. She kind of seems lost. When the hotel guest walks with the woman down the hall to help her, the woman will be there. But when they reach the elevator, the woman disappears. Oh, I mean, can you imagine, though? Those are nice people. What kind people? You would do that. Beth, you would do that. You You would throw something on and go, oh, let me help you. But I mean... So she must appear like a real person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. She must be like a full body apparition standing there that they walk down the hall to help her. She must have really enjoyed her tea times there. She must have. 
And I mean, just imagine walking this person down the hall and you get to a certain place and poof. Then they just disappear and you're like, I'm in a hotel hallway. There was nowhere for you to go. Where did you go? I'm just, I don't know. Ooh, chicken bumps. (laughs) I think it's a fun story. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) The third. Francis Rottenberry was a... Rottenberry. (laughs) Was a famous English architect who came to Canada in 1891 and designed buildings in Victoria and Vancouver. Unfortunately... He's not known so much for his awesome architectural achievements, but rather for his extracurricular affairs and subsequent Ooh. death. Oh, So Francis had a few affairs, oh. but left his wife Florence and his two children in 1928 for Alma Packenham, a much younger woman who was a piano. Rottenberry and Packenham. <laughs> He's a Rottenberry and she's Packenham. <laughs> Put the drink down now. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. Put the drink down. It's down. Okay. So <laughs> Alma was a much younger woman who played piano during tea time at the oh. Empress Hotel. Did she get her tea time for free? Or she still have to pay $75? She's playing the dang piano. She wasn't eating or drinking. That stinks. So I guess originally Francis moved out of his house and moved in with Alma, but Alma probably didn't have a very big house. So then he moved back into his house with Alma, telling Florence to get the heck out. (gasps) Oh, how rude. Florence refused. So for a while, it was Francis with Alma and Florence and the children living in the same (gasps) house. Oh, this is terrible. A story goes that Alma did her part in pushing Florence out of the house by playing Handel's Death March. You're probably not familiar with it, but it's a lovely, I, I mean, the music is, is beautiful, but it's called Death March. It's also very morbid. It's very slow, but it's, it's okay. It's Handel. It's, it's absolutely beautiful, but it is morbid that she is continually playing this song. Francis and Florence did eventually divorce, and not long after that, Florence died of cancer. Oh my gosh, this poor woman. Now, whatever happened to the children, I have no idea. That's not, they just kind of got forgotten. Oh, this is a terrible story. The going-ons in the Rattenberg house was not a secret, and even after Francis married Alma, the couple was shunned. They moved to England in 1929. Maybe Francis realized his mistake or maybe he felt guilty, but whatever the reasons, he began to drink heavily. Well, this new Francis was no fun for Alma. Remember, she's a lot younger than him. So Alma wasn't having any fun because her old man was drunk all the time. He was being a rotten berry. She started an affair with their 19-year-old chauffeur, George Stoner. (laughs) (laughs) These names are Great. I'm not sure how long the affair continued, but the couple fell in love. Mm. One night in 1935, while Francis was in a drunken sleep in his chair and Alma was upstairs in bed, George snuck into the house and hit Francis over the head with a croquet mallet. All right. And as Miracle Max in The Princess Bride says, just so happens that your friend here is mostly dead. There's a difference between mostly dead and all dead. Mostly dead is slightly alive. 
You had to throw that in there. And that was the You just had to. <laughs> and that was the case with poor Francis. With one so difference. Mostly dead. In Princess Bride, the guy resurrects, but unfortunately, Francis died shortly after the attack. Okay. So Alma confessed to the killing to perfect to the professor. <laughs> to the professor. <laughs> Whose name is this? Who's this character? (laughs) Alma confessed to the killing to protect her lover, but wasn't believed. And she was charged with being an accessory to the murder. Oh, wow. Stoner was charged (laughs) with the murder and was sentenced to death by hanging. Alma, so crazed with the event, committed suicide by stabbing herself six times with a pair of scissors. Stabbing herself? Six times with a pair of scissors. And then she fell into this river and... It's gone. Oh, my gosh. Oh. That's horrific. So back to the Empress Hotel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's where this started. <laughs> oh, yeah. A haunted hotel. I forgot. We were there. Okay. <laughs> Even though Francis died in England, his apparition has been seen by hotel guests as well as staff by the staircase where his portrait hangs. Because he was the okay. architect he, okay, he was the was architect like, of the Empress Hotel. That's why his okay. portrait is there, okay? Okay. Sorry. I was like, how did he die to the hotel again? She played the piano there, but I don't remember anything else. Now, there are reports of him being seen in the basement by the men's restroom as well. Oh. I would so love to have Tom go down to the restroom and have an apparition there. He wouldn't, he even, wouldn't know, even know though. He'd walk right by him. <laughs> He would walk right by this apparition. He'd probably even acknowledge him and say, hello. Yeah, he's very friendly. <laughs> so he'll probably pass by this apparition and say hi to him and just keep going to the bathroom. I mean, yeah, that's what makes me think like that old lady. If she was like such an apparition, like she looked human form. How many apparitions have I acknowledged? <laughs> <laughs> how many ghosts? weren't really real but were ghosts and i acknowledged them like think about it think about it oh man Uh, that's that's yeah there are that's that's yeah (laughs) there are no reports of alma's return to the empress Mm -mm. but if she did packing ham back over there and i'm telling you if she did i'm thinking that surely she would be seen and heard playing handel's death march on the piano for tea time (laughs) classy broad (laughs) oh man (sighs) at least i made you laugh after that horrible story you told it don't remind me of the story even though on to rotten berries packing ham and stoners even though poor george there's the title of the episode right there (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah Even though I may be the only one that ends up laughing at it. <laughs> All right. So the Haunted Empress Hotel. Very nice. No, don't don't say that because they don't like that. Oh. So the Empress Hotel. Very nice. Very nice. It's a classy place. Oh, with five star. Time. It's a five star. So. Yeah. they. I'm sure they don't want people walking around with ghost no, equipment. No. But if we ever go, we will. <laughs> Yeah, I was actually just thinking that, but I'm still going to be wandering their halls looking for my room with a box of some sort, a box of some sort. Okay, I need to get off the podcast now. This is a good cocktail. These were stories 
These are stories. Well, I didn't want to say good stories, but so so question were good for stories. you. This is not a Bloody Mary, but it's kind of a Bloody Mary. So is this part of our Bloody Mary trek that we're going to do? I'd say so. We need to get a few more Patreon members so that we <laughs> so can, we can have a tea time. So we can afford it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we have to be able to afford a tea time in there. So we got to afford know. to get there first. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, the truth hurts. All right. Well, <laughs> next week. Oh, we will be big case, big case, big case. <laughs> We will be in the state of Colorado. Yes. Colorado. Yep. 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 Oh, everybody is having a great holiday season. Tis the season. I know I am. I Tis love the season. I love, 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 love this time of the year. Ditto. I hope everybody's staying safe in any icky weather out there. I hope we are keeping you entertained on all of your drives to go see your in-laws and your family members. <laughs> <laughs> Where can I find uh, us? What? <laughs> That's a, such an odd phrase that you had to use. Where can I find us? Where can they find us? <laughs> They're going to want to lose us real quick, Mom. We're on. I don't, know, I don't even know what you're asking here. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Is that what you wanted? Um. We're on TikTok with all of our recipes for our cocktails. That's been fun. That's been really fun. Join us on TikTok. It's it's been a trip. Those are also on Facebook though too. If yes, you don't I am posting those videos on Instagram and Facebook as yeah. well. Our website, killerhangoverpodcast.com, is gonna have all of the resources from this episode as well as some pictures. And Keep sending us your referrals on cocktails and stories to killerhangoverpodcast at gmail.com. Well, did I, is that where they can find us? Is that all the places? I think so. Have we been found yet? Have you found us yet? We'll give you some time to keep looking. We're lost. We're still wandering the halls. (laughs) Well, mother, this was a good episode. Thanks for the laughs. Yes, we needed to end on a happy note for sure. Cheers, Mama. Cheers. Love you, kid. <laughs>